I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created an absolute Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. What do they need? What on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking World Wow. Welcome. Welcome. To Prem de la Prem. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem. Today is Wednesday, February 10th. We had a little bit of a blip last week, but we're back with a, not a double, not a single, a triple match week recap. 21, 22, 23. You got James. You got Patrick. Patrick, I don't think we can start anywhere else. Free Willy. Uh, really took on a whole new meaning this week with William Saliba. How do you how do you comment? How do you justify that? You're asking me to justify this. <laughs> He's your player. I'm happy. Well, not right now, not at present, and not when he, um, you know, was. What do, what do we want to call it, James? Uh, horsing around. Horsing around is yeah, <laughs> guys being the, dudes. Yeah, that's probably the best way uh, we can say it. I'm in. I'm in. Let's let the dust settle mode here. Uh, mostly just because I feel like it's uh, no pun intended. A bit of a touchy subject. We're talking about mm. minors. I can't uh, help but feel like that pun was intended. It was. It was entirely intended. I have it written down. It's. It's. I it's regret in bold. nothing. It's in bold on my show notes. <laughs> I, regret I didn't even nothing. know you were bringing it up, but I was ready. <laughs> No, dude, I mean, it's yeah. just, it's tough to it's tough to really wrap your head around, isn't it? It's it's mm-hmm. I mean there's Yeah. The things you think you're you're signing up for when you start a podcast, it's never this. You cover those, it's yeah, our journalistic those, creed that we signed when we made the podcast. James, you were you, you were describing everything. Yeah, you were describing the situation so well to me off the air. Why don't you tell the people what we're talking about here? Well, let's put it this way. Uh Statman Dave put it eloquently so plus one William Saliba has released more than has released one video revealing public masturbation one more than starts he has for Arsenal can't help but feel there's a little salt in that in that statistical comparison but why don't we put that aside before we get too derailed um obviously it's just having a little bit of fun this guy can't seem to catch a break I guess his video is from a while ago but you know maybe he'll get his Arsenal start one day I'm just happy that he'll have something else to talk about in interviews other than how much Arteta hates him. I'm just happy. That, that is can, true. I heard he's been booking. He's that. been booking interviews left and right. Just it's, like, get me on any French radio and I'll talk cr- about how Arteta overlooked me. It's crazy because like you read the quotes in full context and he's like fully talks about how like the context is like I wasn't prepared and I wasn't in shape. And like I came in from. The French season, which was they didn't play. Remember, they didn't have a project restart. They stopped at the when in March, and they never picked sure. it up again. Very um, French of them, yeah. And so he was basically talking about all that, and then he was saying, "But like you know, I wish I had more time to try to get into the team before I was left out of the squad." And of course, Adu didn't do the right business, but he's not going to call him out on that. And then, boom! What's the headline? Arteta judged me on two games. And I was like, "All right, you know, oh fair yeah, enough, fair I enough mean, to the journos, but media going to do what they're going to do." A, yeah, I think he has a little bit more of a level head approach to. Uh, to the situation and maybe maybe is being presented, but yeah, I mean he's he's a kid, and you know I want to I do want to chalk it up to guys being dudes, but yeah, not a great look, not a great look. <laughs> It'll be long forgotten by the time he's back in the Arsenal team. I'm I'm sure of it. I'm sure yeah. of it, Patrick. Yeah, All we'll right. see. We'll see. We'll see. 
How about that for a kickoff for a Prem de la Prem episode that hasn't been yeah. on the air for a couple weeks? Welcome just when back, you think Prem you've is. got us nailed down. Just when you think you know we're going to go left, <laughs> we're going right. we got a great episode for you guys. We're brought to you by Last Fan Standing. If you haven't yet, download the app. It's a free quiz show. Worst thing that could happen is... I was going to say you win some money, but I guess that's the best thing that could happen. It's the worst thing that could happen is yeah. you don't have fun, and that's cool. Write us and tell us why you didn't enjoy it, and we'll make sure that you end up satisfied at the end of 2021. Patrick, I'm going to say something provocative. Spot the lie here. In this wild and unpredictable season, the title race is wrapped up and the relegation battle is wrapped up and we're in mid-February. It's provocative, James, but I don't know that it's as hot of a take as it may sound. Um, I, I am, I'm doing everything I can uh, for the premier, you're doing the people's job right now. For the league, Go, I'm trying you're, to keep this You're Simone, alive, you're Simone Biles in your way through all these mental hoops, trying to convince yourself that either of these aren't true. I told you, I believe, over the weekend that here's Prem Heads, just for for the sake of argument, Sheffield United staying up, not dropping it. Here's what needs to happen. Here's what needs to happen. They need to win five of their next twelve games. Okay, we're starting at the bottom. Okay. They've won three of their last... I mean, it's the most likely situation. I actually believe that. The most likely situation is Sheffield United stays up. They need to win five of their next 12 games, and then they have Burnley and Newcastle match weeks 37 and 38. And I think... Which are dead certs, those last two. I think on the form of having won five of the last 12, which would also then equate to eight of the last 15... No, sorry, not eight of the last 15. Eight of the last 18... Pretty damn good form for a relegation battle, if you're if we're being honest. If that happens, I'm backing them to go get the results. I mm-hmm. think I think there's a chance it's all to play for match week uh, match week 38 with Burnley, couple points mm-hmm. in hand, but not a full four points in hand over Sheffield United. The footballing gods wouldn't just serve you up Sheffield United Burnley on match week 38 if they didn't have a, a greater purpose for it. It just well, it just feels. Yeah. Yeah. Here's important. the problem, James. Uh, Burnley just, you know, they 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 just get results. They beat they beat Liverpool. They beat they got a cheeky win over Ashton Villa. Um, Very cheeky. You know, and and of course they they lost to Chelsea and Man City. But you know, if they're trying to stay afloat, those are those are fine. Patrick, you just summarized you just summarized what Burnley does here. Like, what would you say you do here, Burnley, in the context of the Premier League? It's it's sneak out results. It's dump the water from inside the canoe out of the canoe. And then through the summer, just relax. And then, you know, it, it starts to starts to fill up again. And then they'll, they'll dump it all out. No, I, I, I'm just trying to keep it alive. Sheffield United is, for my money, the best 20th place team of the all time. The most likely out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you... For those they're of you not count- finishing last. They will not finish last. I promise you that. Okay, well, the discrepancy there is four points and not needing to double their entire season total plus one to get out of the relegation zone, assuming Burnley don't pick up any points. They've already 4x their points. <laughs> when you put it that way. Two months. They are the stonk of the Premier League. They have Ooh. very little. Is Sheffield yeah. United, here's a headline for you, is Sheffield United the game stop of the Premier League? Daily Mary for kids, Mike Scott. <laughs> Print it. No, but James, look. In all in all honesty, I'll, I'll I'll dig my heels in and have a good time. And you know, as long as the math is on my side, I don't mind playing the heel. 
But you're right. You have you know, to. You it's going to take it's going to take an absolute miracle uh, for any one of these three teams to stay up. Um, I think. I, I I think Sam Allardyce might quit before the end of the season, just so he doesn't get relegated and he can keep his crown. Uh, I I think. Do you think he would? No, I don't. But I'd love it. I would absolutely love it. Match week thirty-seven, he resigns. I would love it. Yeah. Uh, or whenever it's mathematically impossible. But really, what it comes down to is, uh, it's not it's not Fulham, it's not West Brom, it's not Sheffield United. It's the fact that you know you just look at the numbers, you look at the games, and Burnley, Brighton, Newcastle—they've all gotten results recently that are going to land them right around that forty-point mark, which we know that's that's safety. And yeah. it doesn't it doesn't really matter what else these other teams can do. They're just they're just so far off the pace, and uh, it. It does paint like I like I like what what Scott Parker's doing over there at um mm-hmm. at Fulham, like Chris Wilder. Obviously, I don't need to kind of rehash that point. Um, Sam Allardyce is just a an absolute oaf, and I love him. You know, taking the throw and heading the ball off the off a punt. You just what a character on the on the touchline. We're gonna miss all three of these managers, and I think a lot of these teams. I mean, West Brom doesn't really bring much to the table, do they? But you know, Fulham's been actually playing some decent football. Sheffield United is in every game. It's just I feel for him. Uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, Newcastle, Burnley, Brighton—they've been around the block a little yeah. bit more, and they're getting the results that they need to. They've got that nous of what it takes to to eke out these results, you know. In a time where they need to be making up the gap, this is when Burnley, Newcastle, and Brighton, as you just touched on, have all been catching their form. Brighton are undefeated in five with three dubs, so mm-hmm. there goes that one, just flying away like the seagulls that they are. I thought they were going to be the most likely to get caught, and. Uh, I don't think anyone's getting got. And I'm glad that we're starting down here in the in the bottom cauldron just talking about these teams because normally they're like an afterthought in our pod. But I love the we, relegation battle. Oh, I love it. It's almost as exciting as who's making top four because that's what this is really built on. That's what this mm-hmm. podcast is really built on. But why don't we linger on Newcastle, Patrick, and the Steve Bruce Project. He heard the siren call of Charlie Puth a couple weeks ago when it rang for Frank Lampard and said taxi. And he has started to employ what he calls his way, uh, taking a Frank Sinatra-esque stand, saying he, they were going to start doing things his way at Newcastle. And they're getting results. St. Maximin is back. Uh, Joe Willick. Joe Willick, who would have thought? Debut. Coming yeah. in there. And Callum Wilson doing Callum Wilson shit, just being class. It you know, things are looking a little sunny up in the up in Tyneside. I will say I've done a lot of. Um, I know I like to joke about expected goals, but I actually do see a value in that metric. There's no worse finisher in the Premier League in the last certainly three years than Callum Wilson. The guy Wait, just what? he's like the worst finisher in the league. Are you serious? Yeah, in terms of goals versus expected, it's like minus five. Like that blows my mind. Yeah, he just hoofs it over the bar most times. It seems like you're kidding it, me. I I don't believe that. Yeah, no, he's he's awful. It doesn't mean he. What does it say that he's so this Newcastle's is, far and away best player? <sighs> no disrespect to Miggy. Yeah, um, I mean, John Joe Shelby, dude, like that guy's just all right. He, well, he could we be don't twenty-five need or forty-five. <laughs> I would never know, but I expect him to play for another hundred years. <laughs> I think. I think. Yeah, I mean, fair, fair, fair play to Newcastle. I mean, I think. 
you know, I, Arsenal fans have been begging for Joe Willock to go on a loan. Uh, we were we were expecting a championship loan. That's what we were hoping for for him. We thought that was a little bit more his speed, his level. Uh, but if he can actually get minutes in right uh, into the team with, with from Newcastle, the, from the jump, yeah. And let's not mistake the fact that the, you know they're playing very very important games. You know these are high high pressure games in the Premier League. These are great minutes for him, uh, and I think he has a lot of a lot of raw talent. I just don't think these kind of quite put it together or, or really gets the pace of the game. So I think it's a great place for him. Uh, but St. Maximin's the key, man. You know, he is, he's, I think, mm-hmm. uh, far and away their, their best player. Uh, we touched earlier in the year on just how challenge, challenged he was just with his, um, uh, battling COVID. To COVID. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he had a real tough time with that. And I'm not, not, not trying to make light of that in any sense. I think he just really couldn't get his, you know, uh, he gets his legs under him for the longest time. So love to see him back. He's an absolute talent. Uh, he's he's one of those guys that on you know these teams that we say okay they're struggling. Like who do you look who do you look forward to seeing? Saint Maximin is a, a a reason that I would would watch would watch a Newcastle game. He's just he's he's electric and he's not I think at the level where he should be in for a uh, you know one of the one of the big six clubs quite yet. But you know I think he's probably a year or two away from you know, being in with a shout at one of those mm-hmm. sides. Uh, but yeah, there, it, I mean, I, I think you just got to chalk it up to experience. Don't you, you know, the, the, the characters that they have in the side, the character on the touchline, obviously they've been through this before. And that, that, that has to make, that has to make a difference. Um, yeah. Brighton five ones or five, five games undefeated. Um, they share, they share that honor and distinction with, with only Manchester city right now, if unbeaten in the last five. So they're yeah, good company. They're, yeah, great company there. And yeah, Newcastle Burnley, huge, huge results. Huge, huge results. And that's that's all it takes in a relegation battle, isn't it? You don't need you don't need to pull off five, six wins. You need to pull off a few that you're not expecting no. three points. And you yeah. get three points. You turn zero into three three or four times, you know, that's that's you're you're a quarter way to safety. So a dub is a dub is over a quarter of Sheffield United's total points on the season. They're gonna be my continual reference point because it's just so hilarious and how mm-hmm. exponential um, a victory would take their tally too, but yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I was gonna say you don't just get a monumental victory against Liverpool and then get relegated, and then I remembered Watford last season, and I almost bit my tongue, but it felt worth bringing up that that no longer really carries its weight. But I mean, well, yeah, I mean, we, we certainly have to acknowledge the fact that I've been the kiss of death for any team that you know I was hoping would be in the relegation battle. I talk about them being a relegation battle basically stamp it you know they're going to go off and get a couple of dubs and that's what Burnley did and and you said it on another podcast I got to give it credit for you like I just you do just trust them to stay up don't you you trust them to get it sorted I think the profile of that team is so unchanged and the profile of that manager is so unchanged that their philosophy is like I'm sure Sean Deitch walks to the general manager the the owner's office at the beginning of the season and says i guarantee you 40 points just don't ask me how we're gonna get them Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like no questions asked and if you see any lookalikes point them out to me (laughs) i think i think of the lot newcastle are most likely to enter that relegation battle uh if they you know if they're obviously i'd say they're still in a relegation battle you're sub sub 30 points here but i think right and burnley i do trust them to stay up at this stage uh, I, I Newcastle is a bit of a wild card for me. Might be a bit of a flash in the pan, and they do have you know some 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 difficult fixtures ahead. But good 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 results. 
Good results. I mean, they got a win over Southampton. Mm-hmm. Who you know, mm-hmm. let's not count their form. That's a good result. They got a win over Everton. Uh, that's those are those are the games we're talking about. Taking taking points, nicking points off teams that are meant to be fighting for the European places. That's how you you can kind of secure your place in this league. And in a year where I think everything's been so fluid, everything's been so like any team could go from sixth to twelfth to yeah nineteenth you know, to to fifteenth in the span of a couple of weeks. There is a clear separation between the relegation zone and and the rest of the teams, and it's it's sad, James. It's sad, but I, I'd have to agree with you. I'd, I'd I'd say it's done and dusted, mm-hmm. but I won't because of course Sheffield United stand up. Of course, of course. Yeah, one for the record. One for the record. Yeah. Well, why don't we talk Turkey at the top? We said City rocking up to Anfield for Liverpool. It was a cannot lose. We didn't even stamp it a must win for them. All we said was Liverpool don't lose to City without Kevin De Bruyne. What do you get? 4-1 City. Massive result. Can't really say Allison painted himself in too much glory on that one. Uh, I think uh, he he really made up for KDB over there, but yeah, uh, this might as well at least at least from where I'm seeing it, Patrick, be a done and dusted. We're 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 taking the flag out of Anfield and we're bringing it back to the Eddie Had. The flag being the title, of course. Yeah, so I think I think the, I think the flag's out of Anfield, and we can touch on Liverpool in a moment. But I'm not ready to call this title race. Uh, I I think it's a you know, if we're if we're lining up for the title race, you know, Manchester City's Usain Bolt and the rest of the guys are there fighting for silver, and it's going to take a miracle for it to go another direction. But uh, you're I not calling they, it. No, because here's why. We thought this, the, you know, we were, we were hoping for a little bit more of a game from Liverpool. You know, despite mm-hmm. what Klopp said, this was one-way traffic. It was absolutely one-way traffic. The oh, only yeah. chance Liverpool got was from the spot. It was a penalty, yeah. And so, one-way traffic, one-way sledding, you know, uh, City didn't really, you know, do much in that first half. Sure, the first half was kind of stale. That's the thing. They didn't even have to be great. No. You know, you watch City's games, and they're not great. They're not. There's moments of brilliant, but they're not a purring machine. They're just so incredibly solid in a season of absolute chaos. And I think that's where teams. you have to give tons of credit to Pep. You know, we, you got we love to joke about. Is he past it? Is he done? <laughs> Couldn't be this podcast. No. <laughs> Calling him a bald, bald fraud. Couldn't be no. us. No, um, no, we 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 said that in jest, of course. Uh, and it was fun to it's it's fun to you know take shots at the. It was in jest, yeah, me greats. too. Same. Uh, I mean, there were there was there were some questions, right? Like the the team did look a little bit out of it. Um, but give Pep credit, sure. Uh, Ruben Diaz, and you know. The, the ghost of John Stones because it's certainly not the regular John Stones. It's reanimated there. in some yeah. fashion. Yeah, it's it, I don't know what it is. I, I'd say a hologram, but I see him actually making some tackles. I'm trying to get it sorted. It's not the John Stones we know and love, but that that is one of the most, like you said, solid solid teams we got playing. Gundogan is like you know I've thought just a a bit of an overrated guy, uh, but you know. Certainly on form, he's he's proven to be one of the one of the top are talents you, in the midfield. Are you ready for the cherry pick stat of the week? Hit me. Since his first goal of the season in December, Gundogan is the top scorer in the league with eight in eleven games. I mean, that's wild. Isn't that crazy? Like I always thought he was just the underachiever who kind of came into City, never really found his place amongst all the other sparkling gems, and now he's getting his time. 
He's really getting his time. And, you know, it could have easily been nine without the penalty that he bombed, which he, uh, obviously the win eased the tension, but he very nicely laid that off on a Super Bowl and his, his knowledge of field goals. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just helping his boy Sterling feel a little bit more okay. It's good. But here's, here's my point on, on City. This, we expected this to be the beginning of their tough run. It was not. Here's what they have ahead. They have, they have Spurs. They have Everton midweek, Arsenal at the weekend. They go oh, straight. Oh, it just keeps going. Yeah. They go straight into the Champions League. West Ham at the next weekend. Manchester United a week after that. A little bit of a break at Fulham. And then they're right back into the Champions League. Uh, and then, you know, they follow that up with a Wolves, Leicester, Leeds, Man- or, uh, Aston Villa after that. So, I mean, all games like in isolation, you take Manchester City. But they are playing midweek. They are playing high-caliber high opponents. None of those were teams in the bottom eight. Well, I said, um, let's see. If you're saying Arsenal, it's bottom nine. But I was, I was going to let you off the hook there. Oh, well, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, no, yeah, none in the bottom eight. Absolutely, no, no. you're right. I thought you were saying top eight. I was going to fact and that check. Is, bottom and eight? that no, is something to celebrate. We're good. Yeah, I mean, quite literally, they're playing... Basically every team from, you know, they just played Liverpool. But like they have most of their next games are the rest of the top half of the table. And so mm-hmm. for me, the question isn't, will Manchester Manchester City come through this unscathed? They will They will lose points. I mean, if they don't lose points, of course it's over. But they will They'll lose drop points, points. Yeah, throughout yeah. this. And so it is, how much can they get derailed? Can they, do they lose a few games? But really, your eyes have to turn to, to Manchester United and Leicester City. And do I trust either of those two teams to close a five and seven point gap respectively over that period of time? Not really. Not really. But that's why I'm leaving that door open. Because Manchester United has got this weird thing about them this year. I know you don't want to call them title contenders. And I don't want to either, James. Trust me, I really don't. But they have this weird thing where, you know, notwithstanding this Everton game, they just get the results. They just get them. I don't necessarily well, think they... we on occasions. <laughs> I mean, you guys want to tout your, like, winning record away from home. You're losing all the games by halftime. You're winning them by the end. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just you're, you're finding... Mm-hmm. There's... Yeah, we're I've a team. Before, we're a team. A lot of smells. A lot of there's, slabs. There's a lot of games in... In Manchester United's, uh, what let's call it catalog, that you usually look back on and say, "Well, those were a big three points, turning one to three mm-hmm. in a title-winning season or mm-hmm. successful season." If you don't want to call it a title-winning season quite yet, but if in a successful season, they have a lot of those games where, you're like, wow, we really like those are you know benchmark win, like the 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 first Southampton one where Cavani had the two the two late goals, uh, turning turning zero points into three. You know, the, they just have a lot of these types of games where they've scored late, some theatrics, turning the, turning it on its head. And that's a resiliency, and it, maybe not resiliency is the right word, but that's a, a little bit of a bounce back that I think we haven't seen from this United team and this this this, this Ollie team in the past where they catch a, ba- a, a bad result, uh, you know, get a little bit of adversity, and then they go on and have two, three games before they regain their form. They don't have that right now. Mm-hmm. They seem to regain their form pretty quickly, and so it comes up to like Manchester City's going to lose a few, lose a few points in here. 
Manchester United needs to hold firm. And the day that I got circled is about a month from now. It's it's March 6th. It's the Manchester Derby at the Etihad. And that is a must-win for Manchester for the, United. For the sake of the neutrals, just get us to that game with something on the line. You know, right? Like, let's yeah. have a title decider game because... And let me put it this way. If this if Manchester was United, February, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. If Manchester United can't get to that game unscathed, they have no business being in the title. No. No, absolutely not. And I think if you talk to level-headed United fans, they'll tell you as much. It's like, it, it, it's a nice aim. But realistically, when you look at this team, Patrick, I think you make some really good points in there about why this team is showing a little something different, a little something more resilient, a little something more special. But this vintage of United is a crazy crazy team because for every point there's a counterpoint oh yeah. for every trend that you see there's there's something that flies in the face of that and i challenge you to find me a team that is equal parts incredible and absolute shit the way united is and i'll call you a liar i don't think another football team has existed on the planet that is those two things because i think we have a title winning attack or quality of players kind of moving in going forward and, and star power on the team. And I think, believe it or not, we've scored the most goals in the Premier League, which you would find baffling considering our goal, our, our goal difference is under 20. It's 19. Mm-hmm. Absolutely baffling statistic. And then you look at the highlights of, you know, Everton is obviously fresh in the memory, the way we didn't close that game out, the loss to Sheffield United. Um things like that that the second you start thinking this team can do something you realize oh no oh no this shirt this shirt is straight out of the uh straight out of the dryer it's got a few crinkles in it and it's going to need to be ironed out for a nice decent amount of time before we can give it a real run down to the office yeah yeah i mean i i i wear the shirts with wrinkles to the office mm-hmm. so i don't i can't really relate to that but yeah to to your point they have just as many results where you say, yeah, that's why they're not a title team, as they do those inverse results where you know mm-hmm. you, you would look back on that. And for all of it, uh, this you know, this season was there for the taking, and it's just been Manchester City that's grabbed it by the scruff of the neck really for the last two months. Oh, and Patrick, I can't yeah. I can't drop that feeling of the title here for the taking. And I, I keep going back to this this thought of Arsenal. Or I guess you could, you know, loop in other teams to that. When when Leicester won the title, yes, it was an amazing story, and sure. they ended up being deserved winners. For the record, I don't think anyone who wins the title is an undeserved winner. Such as the nature of thirty eight games, and then you tally the points. But right. the the feeling that it's there for the taking, and you don't take it. And I think that's you know, even though United, we can acknowledge that we're not ready to win it this season. The feeling of if we did this, or if we brought an X player, mm-hmm. or you know, attempted this, you know, way of way of going about games. Something could have been gained. And then next season, who knows what Liverpool's what's an unhinged Klopp gonna do in the summer? You know, what is Pep gonna do to double down on his legacy? Mourinho will probably be halfway to Timbuk too, but you know, all these other teams start having more skin in the game once you reach the summer. So it gets to be um you know, a window might not be as long as you think it is. Right. Yeah. No. And 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 I think that Liverpool is a great example of how um, how fragile uh, your your window can be and how how quickly it can it can vanish. And you know, and that's not you know something that I, I I think I guess a good way to say it is I I, I don't expect this to be Liverpool going 
forward, but I think you can certainly ask some questions about it. And the last point here on Manchester City, you know, they played 22 games. Uh, when they played nine games, uh, you know, I went back to the match week 10 table and they had played nine games. They were sitting on 15 points in 11th place. Um, yeah. So you, you look at that, you know, sure, uh, you know, they're, but you know, early on, Spurs looked every bit of title contender. Chelsea looked every bit of title contender. Uh, Leicester has shown some signs. We were talking. Fra- <laughs> we were talking count, Frank Lampard's you know? Chelsea on a title run. Like, pick out all the things wrong with that. Hey, you know, as, as <laughs> for for every Burnley and Brighton, I have, I I I think I retired Frank Lampard. I think that my my. Well, that kind of goes in the good. same theme, no? No, I'm just saying there's good with the bad. Oh right, yeah. You are you are a benevolent God. You give and you take. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm King Midas's his, his brother, better looking, worse powers, less silver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, end of the day, this is this is uh, this is Manchester City, and you know they they did they did what like you know take a you know quote unquote year off, get eighty one points last season, but year before that, ninety eight points. Snuffed out the one, mm-hmm. the one loss Liverpool for the dub. Centurion before that, I did the math. If they went out, they could finish on ninety eight points. Don't think it'll happen. Uh, but I, my my prediction of the winner, the title winner being, you know, around eighty eighty five points this year. I think that they could easily finish right around ninety. Uh, just the way that they're. I they're appreciate playing, how so. you brought it full circle to a to a take you've been sitting on since the summer. I I, mm-hmm. I think you did that pretty artfully. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to see how this is going to play out. Table's still pretty tight, but it's starting to stretch a little bit. It's start- mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, look, we want we want the title race. Uh, we want the three, four team title race. We want the teams that are finishing fourth and fifth to be kind of in with a shout of the title race with five games left, and then the actual title race will be described des- decided on on the last match week. That's when the Premier League's at its best. Yeah, uh, but you know, we were looking at the last what really three years where you know unless you were um, in the last, you know, what two years ago when you know City eked out the the title over Liverpool, that was an amazing title race. But the years bookending that, it haven't been that great. You know, they've been pretty much sorted mm-hmm. uh, about halfway through the season. We're we're kind of getting there, but it was a fun little hectic ride, and I'm looking forward to hopefully hectic ride indeed, Patrick. A couple banana peels for Manchester City, so we can ride this thing a little bit yeah. longer. But I agree I, with you, James. I think I it's hope the story sorted. I hope the story isn't sorted in February. So maybe we're just willing a little bit of, yeah, Mario Kart asks some banana peels on the track and maybe Klopp will trip on it on his way to uh, his Rogaine appointment. But, mm. you know, it's, it's uh, the standards of change for this crazy season. So, so who's to say? Who knows? Well, uh, Patrick, we've talked about the teams at the bottom, the teams at the top. How about we talk about the team in Stockley Park? A lot, a lot, a lot happened for what we would normally fit into our segment that is talking VAR, but now it is just the entity that just reigns supreme over Prem de la Prem. The thing that we can't avoid talking about. All these bizarro red cards that have uh, have plagued us over these past couple match weeks. I I'm starting to think Matt Hancock's been involved with the with the FA and he's trying to get this this VAR thing sorted. I just don't think it's going. I don't think anyone else can be in charge the way that I'm seeing this thing go out, man. It's, it is one of the most <laughs> laughable, laughable uh, things I've ever seen. And let's just, I mean, there's no way you're not caught up on this. You know, I think what it 
the, the, we're, we're talking the David Luiz red card, the Jan Benderak red card, and then the and then the Magnum uh, Thomas the Thomas yeah. Suchek red card, yeah. um, the Grand Prix. Two, well, one, you know, they say everything's checked by VAR, but if it happens within ten seconds, I don't believe it was checked by VAR. Uh, if and then two, were were checked at the monitor by Mike Dean, and we'll we'll touch on um, Mike Dean himself in a second. Mm-hmm. But James, the question that I have to ask you mm-hmm. is this: I am not going to put on the tinfoil hat and say that there's an anti. Arsenal conspiracy the way that others are doing. I think there is some compelling video evidence that would suggest there's a case. To That's be not made for me to say. It's not for me law. to say. That's to be settled in a court of law. Yeah, thank you. I want you to Please convince be me that the David Luiz red card should have stood, and the Jan Benderak red card should have been overturned. I want you to put on. This is a big ask. So I'm going to ramble a little bit to give you a little bit of time to think, but I want you to put on the hat of the FA. You were the decision maker. You have decided David Luiz red card that should stand on appeal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jan Benderak red card that should not stand on appeal. You've been given the time to digest this. This is not an in the moment decision. We can at least say in the moment the officials made the mistake. VAR made the mistake. They were caught up in it. Fine. Let's move past that. You have a chance with an appeal to make things right. Convince me that the right decision was made. Here's what's happening, Patrick. And someone's getting thrown under the bus. Uh, I think you can look at them in in a vacuum and say they're pretty similar. I think accidental contact inside the box, goal scoring opportunity, letter of the law, that's a red. David Luiz, you know, pretty clear little ankle click clacker, click clacker sends him over. You got to do what you got to do. You know, it, it's the rules of the game. You feel bad. No one really wants to see it happen, but you've got to protect the badge. Jan Benderecht, Anthony Martial, that one was a bit more of a dive. There wasn't really any contact there. That's what they saw. That's why they had to overturn it. David Luiz situation, not really a dive. Okay. And that's, and that's, and that's my point, what I'm getting at. That given the opportunity, if there is anything that they can stand behind, the F.A., anything they will tuck their tail between their legs like the cowards they are and stand behind that and move right along to their next dumb brain decision they are the best entity i've seen the best at post-rationalizing something make decisions in the solidarity bro like that is an organization i want to work for they have my back like i'm like they they're not they're not doing it i mean mike dean notwithstanding that guy's getting thrown under the bus right now he is that that's its own situation. The guy that did so much for the FA. That, this is where I really have some beef with the FA. You, you're going to throw your own poster child under the bus. That'd be like the NBA throwing LeBron James under the bus for mm-hmm. uh, you know you know commenting on um, human rights in China or something like that. Just mm-hmm. something like that. Wouldn't but anyway. I think that what what we have is a situation, and this even goes back to um, the uh, what was it? the the Rodri. Um, Tyrone Mings incident, the offside that mm-hmm. wasn't because Mings took the ball down, like Roger very clearly gaining. Oh yeah, and they came out the after rules, they came out after the game with a tweet the rules, on like he yeah. possessed it, therefore he was no longer offsides. Let's move along. And so with David Luiz, you're absolutely right. There was no attempt to play the ball in a foul in the box, but like let's. I mean, if I just love if they could use some brain. I think that this will be a rule changing incident where they add um, 
accidental contact to the exclusions of, of triple jeopardy because you know you look at it and I, I I also do I think I think it's a reputation foul I think if that's holding it's a yellow card I really really do and I I don't think that that's an Arsenal conspiracy I think that's a David Luiz reputation that's that's David Luiz sleeping in his bed after compiling a body of work over his career yeah I think yeah because I think that some officials are like you know it looks accidental but did David Luiz mean to put his leg there and I, you know, I just don't think he gets that benefit of the doubt ever. Uh, I think now David Luiz has been sent off three times in an Arsenal jersey since they changed the triple jeopardy rule for triple jeopardy. So, He's Mr. Jeopardy himself. Yeah, and and also, I mean, in in, in same incident, right? The um, um, under those same pretenses, I would have expected Ruben Diaz to be sent off for his his, his foul on uh, Mohamed Salah. There was no attempt to play the ball; he pulled him down the box. You're, Patrick, if yeah. you look for consistency in these rulings, you're going to have a bad time. I think yeah. that is the best way we could summarize our POV on refereeing in the Premier League. We just want to see consistency, and that's a fair ask. But if you try and compare apples to apples, and they are probably apples to apples, you're going to end up with a whole bunch of grapes. Yeah, and I think— Sour ones. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's why, I mean, I, I, these are the times where I wish I didn't have a podcast because I just like to not think or talk about it because the more <laughs> I do, it just pisses me off. This but, is all just a ruse to have you talk about your feelings. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm glad that we've gathered you here today. Uh, for <laughs> I think the consistency that we found, though, is I think we have sorted it, James. And I think it's that if there is a letter of the law that allows them to stand behind their decision, they will. And that is that much is consistent. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, and and that doesn't necessarily mean you know there was there's a few other and there's these pundits that it it just so happens that all the pundits have these takes when they're talking about the Arsenal decisions. But the, the pundit has it's v, it's not VAR's decision um, or it's not VAR's job to get the call right. And I'm just like, what are you talking about, bro? That's literally like what the the, the, the that's what is there. Yeah. For. Um, oh, there was another one that. Um, Yes, uh, Emmy Martinez initiated the jersey tug, but uh, Lacazette uh, used that force to throw himself onto Martinez. Correct call. Something to that effect. <laughs> it's like, all right, man. Like, I'll, well, when you when you combine the ingredients of the FA and then fans on social media, you're going to see a whole fun little spectrum of of validation and affirmations depending on your own you know your own feelings on the subject that's the beauty of it that's the melting pot that we live in but but yeah there's never been more of a need for dixon's laws uh let's let's commit to getting a a new revised rule book done over the summer james i think that'll be a great a great contribution to the football community it's gonna happen co-signed by lee dixon uh, we give Lee Dixon full editorial access. You know, he, I will also consider. Anything. I will also consider a cease and desist, um, akin to a signature. Either one works. We will copy and paste that cease and desist signature into the rule book, and then that's right. Deal, deal with the subsequent lawsuit. We're not touching you. We're not touching you. <laughs> you gave us the signature. You gave it to us. <laughs> Patrick, you want to know my big moment, my big whoa moment in all of this? When we talk about I VAR, I Sorry, and, you and, me there and I, I, I missed it. Uh, it's okay. It's fine. I, I'm just going to keep going. But um, in our discussions of, you know, when, when VAR was introduced, it was pro VAR, anti VAR. You were all about like bringing football into the 21st century and introducing technology and bettering the game that way, which is very, not that that that's never been an, um, 
an, a non-admirable take. You know, it's it's always been respectable. My my POV from the beginning was always like, it's it's just going to introduce overcomplication. But what I realized was I've always associated VAR with tech and like bringing in a new like high-powered like technology brain into something that can be subjective and emotional. But I was like, wait a second, VAR isn't technology. It's another referee looking at something that another referee did who both work for the same organization. And you're just adding another person who doesn't know what they're doing to adjudicate on the guy in the center of the field who doesn't know what he's doing to oversimplify it. But it just blew my mind. I'm like, holy shit, always has been. It was literally one of those memes. The best... The best thing that VAR has done for us is crystallize that the problem is the competency of the officials. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is uh, because you know for how long has the FA been one that really doesn't take accountability? You oh, know, yeah. Actually, I, mean, I, I know what the solution is, but there's in there's a there's a live um, there's a live mic. I mean, all these referees wear mics. Make that audio publicly available. Make that part of the broadcast. When they're discussing mm-hmm. VR decisions, that should be part of the decision. If you're going to make a dumb brain call, I want to hear Mike Dean say, well, yeah, it looks like Suchek threw his elbow. And then I want to hear the VR I want to hear go, him say it, yeah. I want to hear the VR guy say, yep, yep, that looks that looks like violent conduct. And I want to say, okay, he's clearly unfit to do this job. He is the Marv Albert of officials. That is what he is. <laughs> he cannot do this job. The proverbial anymore. foot was on the line. You know the best thing about that Suchek red card too? Mitrovic, who got quote-unquote hit, was literally saying, no, stop, don't give him the red card. It's not a thing. The the aggrieved party. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. It's the, the thing that yeah. There's the, if we're talking about the ve- benefits of VAR, it has it has united a fa- uh, fan bases. It has united teams. It has united coaches around a common enemy. And maybe again, that's what is, we needed all along. Maybe it is, James. Maybe it is. But I think we do need better measures in place. I think. <laughs> but no, no, it's actually shit. <laughs> it's shit. We need we need explanation for these decisions. There needs to be. I mean, the 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 NBA does like a last two minutes report where they'll say what are all the calls we got right, what are all the calls we got wrong. Uh, I mean, it does fuck all for the result, but at least it's like you know, at least some sort of transparency. It's yeah. an accountability metric, and like a hopefully, you know, when you see that situation again, you can see some, you can see some improvements. Like, I mean, the Australian Football League, you see it in rugby. It's not a technology problem to put the referees, you know, live on on mic and ask them to explain their their decisions. Again, go look up some YouTube videos of the Australian Football League, uh, both, you know, their, their, their soccer and their Australian football. Uh, their referees all have mics. Rugby, same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. They've just got it sorted. See how they handle COVID. No it's questions well documented. asked. You know, they, they've got it sorted. Like, why not just take some best practices and, and bring them on over? But it, Patrick, it, I, I, I don't expect it to happen. I just don't. It's not going to happen. So we oh, will continue no. to be frustrated. I trust, I trust a group of old white men to hold themselves accountable and, and, you know, move progressively forward. Yeah. I mean, why? Yeah. History. Again, cut them all. Strip the organization. Put the crown on C and Massey. C and Massey Ellis. Respect to her, her full name. Full put name, the crown please. on her and let her run the show. Let her run the show. Throw her right mm-hmm. on out there. Queen with the, with a KW. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Queen, seeing Massey Ellis. Let's get it sorted. I mean, I don't really know. Do we who, have to start another Kickstarter? Who do you think is the best official? 
Um, oh, who was the manager who said, I think uh, I respect Andre Mariner so much as a ref that that's why I felt it was okay to tell him that he was completely wrong. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, oh, I'm blanking right now. A manager had an absolute go at Andre Mariner, like yelling in his face. And then in the, uh, he like, he big brained the interview. Because the reporter was like trying to get him in trouble. He's like, what do you say? Why were you yelling at him? And he's like, well, I actually respect him so much that I felt we were on that level of rapport that I could tell him that his call was unfair. Like he's nailed mm. it. That position. <laughs> yeah. So I'll um, tell you, let me, let me just do this. Best ref. Way. Yeah. What do you got? Let me, let me list off the, this, the referees in, in, in order of matches officiated and you tell me whether or not like you'd just be like okay i know we're gonna get you know fair honest and relatively well called game outside of like you know the throw in or corner not going your way yeah. or all you know that, that kind of shit that just happens you know uh martin atkinson not a fan michael oliver he is i genuinely this is this is a damning statement i think he's the best ref in the premier league he might be mike D. yeah no anthony taylor no kevin friend no. Chris Kavanaugh. No. Um, jeez. Uh, he has a howler, but he's, 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 I'd, I, he lets I the would boys look play. at his, he lets okay, the let's boys put it play. this way. I, if I see his name on the fixture sheet as like, he's refereeing Manchester United this weekend, my immediate reaction isn't, oh, he's going to affect this game in some way. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and he is, he is, uh, Chris Kavanaugh and Andre Mariner are, Two, the, the only two refs who have refed double-digit games this year uh, without issuing uh, a red card. I actually are, think, yeah. to that point, I think Andre Mariner is okay, and then, like, Lee Mason, I think, is crap. Yeah, so then the others that have officiated double-digit... Oh, Jonathan Moss. A, <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Moss. Craig Pawson, I think, might be the worst. I think he might be the absolute worst. Mm-hmm. Um, Stuart Atwell. The thing is, like, Stuart Atwell, Paul Tierney, Jonathan Moss, David Coote, like, these, these are all just kind of, like... You, you, they, they kind of fall in that bucket of like they haven't like really done me wrong yet, but like they look but that's like a, they're that's ready a big to do yet. it. Yeah, that's yeah, a big yet. They look yet. like they're ready. They look like they're just like waiting for that moment. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Lee Mason's been called out. Andre Mariner's been called out. I do think Andre Mariner's good. I think Michael Oliver. Michael Oliver hates VAR. Michael Oliver tends to let the boys play, uh, which I I, I like. Uh, but he also gets you know he 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 gets some big things wrong every now and again like some real big decisions wrong obviously he's famously known for having a trash can heart yeah not loved it, across yeah. the seas yeah and there's yeah i'm trying to think who's this oh well yeah darren england oh just the worst Can't just the worst him. yeah if you looked at him he just he just looks like a, a villain <laughs> all right no, but i guess i guess my point is i think they're just yeah i mean we do we need to talk on mike dean i think it's because yeah, he obviously received a little bit of abuse. He's so here's not to officiate a game this weekend. Yeah, here's my take on wild. that. To anyone who goes out on social media or whatever means and issues racist abuse, or in the case of Mike Dean, death threats, like, fuck you, because you take away from people who genuinely just want to have banter. Like, mm-hmm. but like, above the belt, in play, just sat- satirical being the satirical geniuses that we are, Patrick, it it it, it stops it stops us from being saying, able to do our jobs. 
Right. Like, can I call Mike Dean a bald fraud on this episode in good conscience? I think you can. That he just received th- enough abuse. It's it's tougher. I'll say that. It's tougher because I know that. And it, this might be insensitive, but are you like this is the first time that I've heard of Mike Dean being affected by what other people think. Any sort of <laughs> He's done a lot. Yeah. No, I that thought also crossed my mind and I was like, ooh, maybe not the best thought to have. Yeah. These two though, like a lot like these ones, he had made the decision. He didn't make the decision in real time. Nope. Both instances. He didn't make the decision in real time. Went to the monitor. Saw something that everyone else didn't see. Saw something that the FA, who we just talked about, will do everything to stand by the decisions of the officials, overturned in both instances and still issued red cards at, let's call it, meaningless points in the game. The game, the final whistle was being blown seconds later in both cases. Yeah, and he still made that decision. These are, they were horrible, horrible decisions. I and I do think yeah, you I mean, have to, I, you know, why would yeah. you be a ref? Why would you be a ref? You you know those things cross your mind, and it is a little bit of a little bit of a complex about it. So I'll, maybe we leave it at this, and maybe this isn't sensitive to say, um, but obviously not refereeing this weekend, and you know taking a little mental health break. I want to see what kind of smoke he comes back with the following weekend. You know, what mm-hmm. kind of Mike Dean are we going to see? New Leaf Dude, you, or Full Heel? Let me just go to this, and I, I will... I'd be willing to make you a bet on the fixture he gets. I'm just going to the schedule right now. Oh, that didn't take long. He's getting Merseyside Derby. He's getting the Merseyside <laughs> Derby Saturday, February He's 20th. certainly not. <laughs> They're I not going to strap him in with the Virgil van Dyke Bowl. The Jordan Pickworth. He's getting, va- He's getting the he's ghost getting of Virgil game. van Dyke game. He's getting that game, or he's getting Arsenal Man City. He's getting that one of feels the two more bigger... on point. That feels more on point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's but he's getting because he, he's a. I think there is something to be said about having like a bit of a big personality as a, as a referee to be able to manage those big fixtures. But yeah, him controlling a game is just dishing out cards relatively arbitrarily. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just it's just crazy that we even have to sit here and say, you know, anyone who like you know, he he doesn't deserve. You know, abuse, death threats. He deserves to be bantered. That's what he deserves. Yeah. And if we're gonna, and if he take, if we take it past that, then like, you know, at the end of the day, it's a thankless job. There's very few. Like we, we just went through the list, and how many did we? Like, what was our best compliment? We're not thinking that the game's gonna go sideways yeah. by seeing who the official exactly. is. Exactly. That's our biggest compliment exactly. to this group. So it's well, it's a thankless job. We need them. We need them to be better, and we need to banter them along the way. But yeah, it's just it's. I do feel for Mike Dean, man. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's trying to sort out VAR. He's like the old guy learning how to do the smartphone. He's like, what is this thing on the sideline? Like, he's how, just smacking the screen. I get to see it twice. He's smacking the touch side this, monitor. He's like, uh, it's like, uh, Mike, it's not touch screen. You're telling me I get to give more red cards? All I got to do is look at the screen for 30 seconds? Hey, sir, rewind 20 seconds. Dude, the, the Suchek one is mind-blowing. The Benderek one I could at least get, like if you think that there was contact made, especially right after the David Luiz call, to be like, oh, I, I mean, that precedent's been set, I gotta make that call. But yeah, the Suchek one's just mind blowing. Mm-hmm. How you could justify that as mm-hmm. violent conduct mm-hmm. beyond me. Yeah. All right. FA, get it together. You heard it from the people 
The people's people. We'll have a new rulebook for you. We'll have a new rulebook. Oh, it's coming. You. I expect it to be Sit adopted 2022-23. Sit tight. Yeah. Goal mm-hmm. of the week, Patrick. Sponsored by Solar.com. It's the Solar.com goal of the week. What do people need to know about solar, Pat? Uh, well, they need to know that the federal tax credit has been extended Ooh. for two more years. That's right. 26%. Ooh. Two more years, uh, which takes us through, what is that, 2022? And then it drops down. Uh, of course, we were talking about that urgency. Yep. And then that's 2023, 20, 22%. But yeah. it's been extended. Solar.com will help you compare solar offers in your area from the top three installers, all with a friendly energy advisor to help walk you through all the options. What's that code they got to use, James, to get the promo? Is it Prem 21? Or is it, are we just rolling Prem 19? We're rolling Prem 19. Prem 19! So, uh, Nigel, I'm looking at you. Um, send me that electric bill or Shameless.com. That electric bill. Shameless. We'll get it sorted. <laughs> we'll get it sorted. Absolutely shameless. Patrick. Well, I figured, I've told you to ask, and I know you're not, so I'm doing it on air. We're catching him by surprise. Goal of the week, James. Hit me. If you were a solar goal of the week, what kind of goal would you be? Uh, a solar goal? Mm-hmm. So there's sunspots, so maybe something from the spot, but that's not goal worthy. Penalty. Okay. Patrick, my goal of the week. <laughs> I, I, I can't in good faith give it to Bruno, which was clearly far and away like an iconic goal that's just not going to get remembered so that made me sad boy i'm giving it to james ward prouse aka the 2021 david beckham because he is banging free kicks at an alarming rate just like the disappearance of the bees this time it was against newcastle and that guy can find a corner from a dead ball situation insane insane it is it's it's to the point where i'm not sure that there's anybody in the world I would rather have take a free kick. It's at the point where I want him in the Euro squad for set piece expertise. It's crazy, dude, and it's 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 fun to watch. Like you just love um, you you love kind of seeing people that like, like they have a bit of a specialty. He's not a he's not a bad player, of course, by any, no, any stretch no, of the no, imagination. No, solid player, but he's captain. He's yeah, but like would would we be talking like he like he would just be just like another guy that we probably. You know, for 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 all of it, would just kind of, you know, just he'd go about his business, and we would never really notice him. And you just probably like one of his teammates, like Stuart Armstrong, like a guy we you know probably would never talk about. Of course, but he is just so so damn good. So if he sticks so around in the good. league long enough, he'll um he'll take a pop at Beckham's record. I mean, I think he's got to, mm-hmm. doesn't he? I mean, I don't. He's got. I don't know how many of his goals are from free kicks this year, um, but he has. He has 13 free kick attempts, and I, he's got five goals. I, I don't know how many free kick attempts that he's had. Uh, I 18's don't the number think to he beat. scores many. Yeah, I don't think he's got many from open play. Uh, and but you just want to talk about it. He's got five goals, and his goals minus expected goals is 3.6. So he's just scoring absolute bangers. He's just smashing them home. He's he's so much mm-hmm. fun to watch. I will say this, James. You're not going to like this. That Bruno goal wasn't that great. Any other keeper than Pickford. It sorted. It, it wasn't just, Pickford. He shot it right out. It was him. Robin Olsen. Well, he Pickford's rubbing off on him. The ball's right out. <laughs> I, right I strongly disagree. I don't think there's anything anything any keeper could do about it. And he sold the dummy to set up a shot. I think it was a faultless goal on the defense's side. It was just a stroke of genius. But hey, 
Sure. But yeah, I, I mean, if it goes right down the middle, can't be a goal away for me. But I'm glad you didn't give it, um, and I expect you not to give it if your goal of the month. My goal of the week is going to the sauce boss, not McTominay. <laughs> going with my boy Pepe with a double nutmeg, <laughs> swerving onto his weak foot, uh, bend it around against Wolves. This is how does it make you feel? Card when things were going great. Yeah, you. Uh, it was in a loss, to be clear. And this is the Pepe mm-hmm. who you've dropped out from any contention of your take. James, again, I take credit for this. I take credit. I is the second I say he's not good enough to be team of the season, that's when he puts his head down and gets to work. And they say so, they don't listen to Prem Del Prem. And they say. I mean, the numbers don't lie. There's mm-hmm. there's just enough in the download department that it's hard to believe that no one in the Premier League is, is catching wins. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, they're all all over social media. You know, clearly, you know, results tend to go up and down based on, on the things that come out of my mouth. So, or really just down uh, or up and down, but the inverse of whatever I'm to say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I, I was thrilled with this form. And on that Wolves game, yeah, I mean, that game was one-way traffic until the red card. Uh, and it's just a bit on bit unfortunate, but you know, you you, you take that one on the on the chin. And, yeah, the and Pepe goal was definitely October, the best goal November, in that November, game. December. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually think it was. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Opinions exist for you're, a reason. You're the one. You're the mm-hmm. one who says anybody can just smack a ball and have it go into the goal, which is what Moutinho did. Goal of his life, mind you. Good for him. I'm proud of him. Okay. For his goal, the goal of his life. Okay. All right. Well, freak of the week, Pat. I have two. What, what do you have? Show me yours. How many do I have? I mean, I've got one. Um, I don't think we need to bring up Saliba again, but he's certainly got to be in with a shout. FA we talked about, but I got a, I got another one okay. on top of that. Okay. I can go first. You can go sandwich style. What are you thinking? We'll do a rusty old sandwich. I My first one is Roy Keane for putting on a tough guy act his entire career when he's really a massive softy. Or maybe that's just the Michael Rick- Richards effect. Because <laughs> he oh, he's brought so out good. a feel like I don't think Roy Keane acknowledges the emotions that he feels when he's around Michael Richards because he's cracking smiles. He's laughing. Micah actually showed him that that viral TikTok video of the guy who went on FIFA 21, like downloaded Roy Keane's like player pack and just had him go through all the motions of the most ridiculous Samba style celebrations that exist in the game and have Roy Keane dancing and having a good time. Michael Richards showed him that video and. Roy Keane had a good laugh out of it, so I think he's a bit of a so good, yeah, an emotional fraud in a sense. It's great, it's great. Okay, I'm going with my freak. Uh, my freak is it's a little prem Premier League uh, related, okay. but it's going to Ajax. Mm, okay. and it's going to Ajax for not registering their big transfer, Sebastian Aller, in the Europa League. They just forgot to do it, and the window had passed. Uh, Sebastian Haller will not be participating in the Europa League. I don't think he'll mind too much um, since Ajax is probably going to be a shoe-in again to win the league and get the Champions League spot next year. But that's a big dumb brain move right there by old Ajax. Uh, just just forgot. They, yeah, I think, um, uh, you know, with Onana, Onana also, you got like a year-long drug suspension, I think. Um, Onana. At Ajax and, and um, Vandersar, I believe, Vandersar and Overmars, two Premier League legends, yeah. are um, 
in the in the front office, or I, I think they're both in the front office. I don't think either are a coach, but mm-hmm. I think they're both in the front office. And 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 Vandersar said, um, you know, with Onana going down, uh, you know, I was prepared to step into the go- into the goal, but I realized I missed the registration deadline. A little bit of class, playing it off, uh, that famous Dutch sense of humor. But yeah, Ajax getting my freak of the week for leaving Sebastian Aller out of it. Right. Right. Um. That yeah, I I think that's clearly a fair freak. Just just being left off due to lack of hustle, to quote Ben Stiller in Heavyweights. Mm. Okay, my other one is Ben Chilwell. Second freak hit me. Ben Chilwell, second freak mm. for being the sole driver of unemployment in the UK. So some guy who I guess had a trial at Rotherham United retweeted a post. Yeah, he's definitely not salty. Retweeted a post from 2013 from the Rotherham account that was basically like a match report. And it was like 53rd minute. Ben Chilwell skins Reese Lucas and goes on to drive a, drive a, uh, a shot to the bottom right corner goal. And Reese, Reese Lucas ats Ben Chilwell and he's like, cheers, mate. I got let go because of this. Work tomorrow at 5.30 a.m. It's just like <laughs> Who's digging that up? Wait, That's insane. I got the exact it was more lighthearted than that. I got the exact tweet, but it was um The internet's undefeated. It was cheers, got released after this, up for work at five thirty tomorrow. How are you getting on? <laughs> and Ben Chilwell goes, I think maybe I owe you a pint when things are back open and he goes, I think you do, mate, and ha ha. So they had a good laugh at the end, but uh yeah, people don't Honestly, forget. That's I mean, a big people don't forget of the week. Yeah, I mean, this this freaking no-name weaseled out a, a pint with uh, Ben Chilwell. I'd say well played. Yeah, to think. To think that's the way the uh, the pendulum has swung since they were playing on the same patch. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, well, some of us, you know, we take different directions in life. Patrick, what direction are the Prem heads going to need to take in order to buy a yacht? Let's talk district. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So honestly, forgetting where the last thing sorted out, but du- but judging by the total balance in my Bavada account, I can't imagine it went all that well. Uh, also lost uh, all five of my prop bets on the Super Bowl. So overall, we're just we're gills just in a bit, a bit of bit trouble of here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't bet. With money, you can't afford to lose, friends, because you hear the smile, I'm still having a good time with it. Lock of the week, James. Lock of the week. I'm trying to get a little back to business here. I was playing with Arsenal. They're going to find the meatball category. But I'm going with Everton um, to get a bit of a rebound. They've had... A rebound? uh, Well, on their last couple... I mean, they got the... They eked out the draw... Mm -hmm. Uh, but they also lost to a couple games ago. Burnley. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But like since we last, I'm just saying they're not in the best form. Okay. Fair. Um, but I think they had a little. They're, they're going to be riding a little bit of a high based off that United game. They've got Fulham at home at minus one twenty five. So pretty good pretty odds. Good odds on what there. I think is a pretty, pretty safe good odds. bet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think I think Fulham Fulham's Fulham's a good a good enough side. But I do think that Everton uh, at home fighting for a European place, they should be winning this one, no doubt. James, I got a tricky one here that I'm actually, I want to bet on this game, but I need you to help sort it out. Uh, This is a meatball. Leicester City, home to Liverpool. Liverpool in this run of form. Like, I just have a tough time letting go of the Liverpool of the last couple of years and just 
you know, uh, I just think, oh yeah, Liverpool's going to bounce back and it's win a this tough game. One. And Leicester, uh, Leicester tends Leicester? to turtle against Liverpool. That's what I'm saying. But Leicester's plus two fifty five. Wow. You know, I don't. <sighs> Liverpool's one oh five. So either way, like either way, that it's, it's a tough game for me to read. I'm gonna, but it's got meatball pretension. Here's what I'll tell you. I don't think Klopp has lost his grip on this team as as much as he's taken it out on reporters. I think he's an amazing coach. He has not lost the locker room by any stretch of the, imagine, the imagination. The, you know, he'll be able to rally his players. And let's not forget they went up against a very, very good Man City team. So I, I reckon they'll bounce back here. Yeah, I, I, I think so as well. Um, so whatever way you feel about that, um, you're probably going to have some strong convictions. I'm a little bit on, on, on the fence, but I did think Liverpool had a little bit better than even odds to go in and get a dub uh, is a pretty... Pretty decent bet. A couple other uh, meatballs. I think Arsenal against Leeds, uh, the way Arsenal's playing, I think that they are poised to kind of break out against a team. Not not to the same degree that Manchester United did against Leeds, but I think that the way Arsenal's playing a little bit more fluid, Leeds are going to press them. Arsenal mm-hmm. like to play off the back. They can break that press, and I think, you know, it's a great game. Pepe's been in good Leeds form. Leeds on a good run of form. Saka's obviously been in good form. They are, they are, uh, but you know they 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 can hit a wall real quick, and and I you know I I just think that Arsenal's bringing a little bit more to the table to this this time around than they were bringing uh, perhaps at that zero zero game uh, that they played with Leeds earlier, okay. uh, and you know they were still able to manage through that horrible run of form keeping Leeds off the score sheet. So I like Arsenal here, not my lock, leaving it in the meatball category. West Ham United at home to Sheffield United minus one forty. Again, these aren't you know plus odds, but I feel like with these, you know, with with these fixtures, West Ham, believe it or not, fifth place. Sheffield United, believe it or not, twentieth sure. place. Minus one forty for West Ham United at home seems worth hitting. James, your crock of the week. Don't like it, but that's why it's a crock. <laughs> I, I hate just can't it. pass up on this. Can't I can't I can't pass up on this. Spurs are plus 725 against Manchester City this weekend. That is massive disre- disrespect to the uh, the memory of what a coach Mourinho was. That bus is getting parked. They're going to try and hit on the break. It's worth a flyer. It's worth I a I mean, flyer. when you said plus 7, what, 725? That's... 725. You have to. You have to take yeah. that. Yeah, it, it, because I don't, like... Manchester City obviously walked all over Liverpool, but they play just as many one nil games recently and zero zero games, one one games as they played you know three four nil games. Uh, Mourinho, I think, has lost actually. I mean, not uh, before. I, I don't know what the stat, but Mourinho's setting all sets of records in the loss department for his yeah. career, which I think speaks more towards the success he's had in his career than it does uh, this current Spurs yeah. team and 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 what what's happening now. I think it speaks to just how good and how. Uh, basically good he was at, at certainly avoiding losses, uh, which maybe he hasn't done so much recently. But, yeah, that's the District James. I think we got some good stuff in here. Uh, there's a few weird games like Brighton Villa, Burnley Palace, Southampton Wolves I'm staying away from. West Brom United just doesn't quite have the odds that I like. Uh, but that's, you know, is what that it one is. I might find, it, find its way into a parlay. Comes with the territory. But like you said, we got some great games this weekend. Leicester Liverpool kicking it off with a real cuck time for us LA folk, 4.30 a.m. Make sure if you're on the East Coast or beyond, you tune in for that one. City Spurs, is this where Mourinho dies on his hill? 
uh, Arsenal leads. I think you're right. I think that's going to be a cracker. Might might not be the way you expect it, but it'll be a cracker one way or another. Mm-hmm. Great slate of games. <sighs> Cannot wait to recap with you guys next week. Patrick, closing thoughts. Keep it to 30 seconds. Yeah. Who, James, Framed are the three Roger best Rabbit. finishers? Three best finishers in the league this season and three worst finishers. Best, go. Top of your head, three. Don't even think about three it. Three best finishers. Uh, Callum Wilson, <laughs> Bruno Fernandez, <laughs> and Jamie Vardy. Hyungman Son, James Ward-Prowse, and Ilke Gundogan. Who are the three worst finishers? Go. Callum Wilson, Jamie Vardy, and Nicola Pepe. Kevin De Bruyne, Timo Werner, and Richarlison. Wow, Timo Werner was so a goddamn layup. That's 0 for layup. 6. Yeah, goddamn layup. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well. Should have been. I was on the spot, so we'll leave it at that. By the time we're back next week, you guys won't even remember this. And we'll be bringing you the same Prem to Prem content you guys know and love. Catch us here on Spotify next week or on Last Fan Standing, and we will see you then. What's up, Prem Heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem De La Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem De La Prem Podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.